My name is Molly McCartney. I'm an intuitive medium, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Empower Your Wisdom, and the founder of the Empowered Wisdom School. This show was created for women who wish to trust their intuition so they can follow their higher calling and their bliss without fear, doubt, and disempowering relationships holding them back. If you're a spiritual woman with a business or career in any field and a higher calling you've been working towards, and you want to be featured on the show to inspire others with your story, go to empoweredwisdomshow.com. For now, please enjoy today's show, and don't forget to subscribe for daily inspiration from our very special guests. Hello, and welcome to the Empowered Wisdom Show. This is your host, Molly McCartney, and today I am here with Manessa Kaneki. She's the host of the Stop Shooting All Over Yourself podcast. She's a business strategist and ambassador of joy. So I'm really excited to talk to her today. Um, our theme is stop shooting on yourself. Uh, if you haven't heard that term before, you it's kind of self-evident what it means. Um, and, and realizing that so many of us do that, you know, whether it's um, trying to keep up with the Joneses or trying to live up to our family's expectations or the social expectations around us or just an inherent good versus bad, right versus wrong debate that we have inside ourselves. It's so important to talk about that, especially on the intuitive path and especially for those who struggle with people pleasing and all that wonderful stuff. So welcome, Manessa. How are you today? I'm so glad to have you on the show. Hi, Molly. I am so, so thrilled to be here. Um, I'm doing I'm doing fabulously. The storm is over, thank goodness. So we're we're here now in calm, quiet. And I'm I'm so um I'm so thrilled to be here to talk with uh with your listeners about not shooting all over yourself because that's my jam. I'm in love with that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Very cool. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your show and what you do. I know you you kind of do a few different things. Your your main mission is this, you know, being this ambassador of joy. But but share with us how you do that through through all the things that you share with the world. Uh, so I only so I um the stop shutting all over yourself podcast has been a long time. It actually birthed itself out over the course of several years because I you know I realized over the last five years or so I've been on like a healing journey, a spiritual emotional healing journey, and very early on I realized that so much of my anxiety, depression, feelings of worthlessness were coming from a place of like constantly sitting. So like, it's it's like I was sitting and doing something and then I'd be thinking, oh, I should be doing something else. Or what should I be doing after this? Or I'm supposed to be behaving in a certain way and I'm not. And so I feel bad. And so I felt like all of the things that I felt bad about were about things that like you would attach a should to. And I started to really challenge not whether I should feel bad because I'm not doing that thing, right? So is that, is usually that's where we go, I shouldn't feel bad because I didn't go to bed early, right? Because of whatever reason. Instead, I started to like really challenge the underlying belief to begin with, which is who says I have to go to bed early? Like, where did that even come from? <laughs> and um, once I, that that beginning, like I remember the first time I asked that question, it actually came from Haunting of Hill House where one of the little girls says, you know, is told she makes, she makes up a word and her her mother says, you know, that word's made up. And she's like, all words are made up. And I was like, oh my God, all rules are made up. Like <laughs> mind <and> blown. <laughs> my, my mind was completely blown. I just sat there and I just, I was like, huh. And it made me realize that the most of my life I had been living by a code that someone else made up. And I had never really given any thought to the fact that like I could intentionally make up my own rules and live by that code. 
And it was such a mind blowing idea that once I started to do that, the guilt kind of melted away. Um, the, the feeling of, of inadequacy melted away. And I found over the years that like, whenever I do find myself feeling like I'm less than, or I'm depressed or sad that usually, you know, things that are not chemically related, usually those are coming from a place of I'm, I'm, there's an older story that I've attached myself to that I feel like I'm trying to live up to. And so when I go back and I'm like, what is this story that I can deconstruct? Um, I found that it's, it's, it's remarkably helpful for me to then redirect my attention, but, you know, it's taken me five years to get to the place where I feel like I live, you know, honestly, the joyous, most best life I could possibly live, but I didn't get here alone. Like when I looked back about two years ago, I realized that there was an army of people who helped me. There's books, there's podcasts, there's thought leaders, you know, Instagram influencers. There's so many different people whose ideas and thoughts bit by bit percolated into through my personhood that then led me here. And I realized that I wanted to share those stories with people. I wanted to share the same tools that I had learned. I wanted to share with other people so that they could pick on, they could pick out the ones that worked for them at any given point in time. Cause none of us are going to be at the same place at the same time, uh, at the same time. And this way they could be like, well, I'm in a space now where I'm not going to challenge that underlying belief. Cause I'm not there right now. However, I might be willing to set a boundary or I might be willing to, um, uh, I'll explore other alternatives for a job or something different. But as long as it's a change from the status quo in the way that you're approaching life right now, it will help to make a difference. So that's sort of how it all started um, in terms of the podcast and how, how I work with, um, how I share other people's ideas so that uh, those of us who feel a little bit less than can start feeling better. Yeah, that's so important. And, and I think, you know, I think you've seen it as much as I have in the world. And, and I was bullied when I was younger, being a little different, being super intuitive and also just being awkward and different things that made me different in, in my current situation, but, but kind of growing up and knowing that I had that difference as an intuitive and also as maybe someone who could be a little too nice and, and, and was very aware of awkwardness. How have you kind of faced some of the things that have challenged you to then kind of awaken to this ability to turn, help turn other people's lives around or help them and advise them to find their joy as well. You mentioned some neurodivergence, um, you're a person of color and some chronic illness that you deal with. I know a lot of my clients have dealt with similar things. So, you know, kind of tell us about that journey for you and, and what kind of nugget of wisdom you could, you could share today. The journey, actually, I wish I could say that that journey started like so many years ago, but the truth is, I think I spent up until like I was 40 years old, um, just kind of going along momentum. You know, I was on the train of life and somebody said, go here, do this. You're supposed to do. Okay, I'll go do that. You know, dad says you're supposed to get a college degree. Okay, I'll go do that. Um, so I think for most of my life, I just kind of was doing what other people told me. Um, and a lot of that came from the fact that like I struggle, you know, as being on the spectrum, I um, and being neurodivergent, I struggle with like social cues and being social. So I spent, and I didn't understand any of this when I was younger. Um, but now that I'm older and I understand the framework, I realize now that what I was really trying to do was I felt like I didn't know how to fit into society and the way things were supposed to be. So I was looking to others to just tell me what to do so I could do that thing. And then that would make me good, virtuous, mm -hmm. okay, whatever. Right. 
Follow the rules. Then, <laughs> well, follow the rules, right? But the rules keep changing. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if you struggled with this when you were younger, but um, you know, for and I, I know a lot of those of us who are neurodivergent had this, you know, same experience where I did terrible in school. I was like really bad at school, and all of my report cards always said the exact same thing. They were like, Vanessa's such a bright girl. If only she applied herself, she would be, you know, she'd do so much better. And I still hear those voices in my head, right? And you know, I don't think anybody realized that, um, like, and I, and I knew this, but I was applying myself. Right. And I was still struggling. And so my automatic answer, my automatic, like natural conclusion was, oh, if I am applying myself and I'm not seeing the success that they say that I'm going to see, I must be stupid Mm. and I must suck. And I'm like, so I was terrified that somebody was going to find out what an abysmal representation of the human race I was because I was doing all the things they were telling me to do and I still wasn't getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that sort of was like most of my life where I went in and out. I had a, a great, you know, I had a, many different friends groups over the years. I tended to like go into a friends group and then leave and then go into a friends group and then leave. I never stayed very long. Um, I drank a lot to, um, you know, to make myself more, you know, like, oh, it's easier in social situations when you drink until, you know, you get to the point where it's like, yeah, okay, maybe you don't want to be drinking anymore. Um, And then about five years ago, I, you know, I, it occurred to me that the voices that I've been hearing my whole life, that, you know, like the, the bullying, the, 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 the messages of inadequacy, things like that that most of the people who had ever said that to me were long gone. I didn't even know like who they were anymore. Right. And at this point, my inner voice had taken up the, the, the banner. And so my inner voice had basically become molded to all of the people. I don't know who these people are anymore. Right. Like I could probably sit and, you know, if we had a conversation with my therapist, draw it all out, but Mm -hmm. like, basically we're just talking about the messages and those people, they're all gone, but inside there's a creature, a, a mean creature that has been created out of all of these messages. And all that person does is just parrot those things back to me and constantly remind me. Um, and uh, I remember, and I and I did so many things to get rid of that voice, you know, like I saw a therapist and, you know, I did the whole shut up, shut up voice, go away, you know, like that kind of thing mm-hmm. that a lot of people, which I, by the way, do not subscribe to at all. I actually think that that's like a really bad way of approaching it because, and here's why, standing in the kitchen one day, cutting onions and, um, I, the voice came and was saying something. I can't even remember what it was saying, but something mean. And I was like, um, and I had this moment of clarity where I thought to myself, you know, I've never been aggressive towards someone and had them meet me with anything but aggression. Violence begets violence, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm like, shut up, voice, go away. Then what is that voice going to respond with? It's going to respond (laughs) with violence. And so I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to try something different. And I had no idea how profound it was going to be. I said to uh, Izzy, my inner voice, I said, um, are you okay? And it's like, and it was just silence, you know, and it was just like, and it's that just reaching out. And I realized, you know what, if when I felt alone and sad and hurt and angry when I was a kid, I just wanted to be hugged and loved and like, everything's going to be okay. So I went to that, I went to the voice with the love. And that was a really emotional, so I'm sitting there cutting onions and now I'm crying for real, you know? And then of course that makes the onions worse. So you're just like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's quite emotional, but that started a conversation with my inner voice where we began to work together and I began to develop the treat her with more tenderness, 
right? And more love and more acceptance. And over, and that one step made such a big difference because now I always had someone in my court, right? No matter what happens, you have this cheerleader constantly there. And so that was a really big shift that moved me towards the space of joy. And so a lot, I'm very aware now of language. Words are like the most important thing in the world. So like, I'm very careful the kind of language that I use around myself and the things that I say. And sometimes I'll say that to people, you know, that's one of the things that I tend to do. If someone's like, oh, I'm so stupid or oh, I'm such a doofus, I will reframe it because your subconscious hears that, right? It, it hears you say you're stupid and God, that hurts so much. Yeah, right. So that's sort of where I come from. And that, that was my, that's the journey that I'm on right now in terms of, of, uh, of finding self-love. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And that's, that's what, you know, what is called parts work and neuro-linguistic programming. And it's really interesting because it's, you know, neuro-linguistic programming has a lot of things that were taught by the shamans of long ago, that changing the story and working with your inner inner parts is the way to healing. Once we heal our minds and our emotions, our bodies tend to heal. Or if we've had trauma, once we work with those parts that are created through that trauma, we start to heal and feel better and become the heroes of our story instead of the victim. So I love that automatically chopping onions, you're doing parts work in your own mind. That's beautiful. And I did it too, before I even learned about NLP, I was like, oh, I've been doing this for a long time and it, and it is a mystical process, but it's, it is important that you go there. Like it, it really is very meditative and to feel the emotions and to have that deep conversation. So just a reminder to anyone out there listening, those little conversations you have with yourself, if you're doing it with intent and you're doing it with purpose and, and in the right way and not kind of automatically, um, it can be really powerful to help shift some things for you. So don't, don't take those, um, those mean girl voices, um, at face value, you know, take a look and see what's there. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. And Manessa, you said, um, before we got on the, uh, on the podcast call today, we were talking about challenges with linear thinking that that's something that you've struggled with lately. And I know that's, you know, that's something that I teach in my program. Um, I call it the intellect, you know, that intellect that just wants everything to fall in line. So lately, after all this work you've done, after all these successes that you've had, um, what's going on with that for you and how, how is your intuition maybe a, eclipsed a little bit by that linear thinking lately? It's tough. You know, like I think that the linear thinking problem for me, I think comes down to a sense of, it creates a sense of urgency and almost like this feeling of I'm going to run out of time, mm. you know? So I've got, I feel like when I am in my linear space, my linear mind, um, I am constantly thinking I've got to finish this thing so I can do this next thing. So I can do this next thing. Like I'm really get into that. And it's hard to, I think, take joy in anything that you're doing because you're so, tr you're trying so hard to finish what you're doing now. So you can get to the next thing. So you can get to the next thing. So there's no <laughs> real mindfulness happening there. Um, and then the, I think that like, it also, what it also does is it puts me in a place where I feel like, um, I guess for my, most of my life, I always felt like I was going to run out of time. You know, I didn't realize that this was actually a problem that I had, but that I'm going to die before, you know, something gets done. I don't, I can't even say what that something is. I just know there's something I'm supposed to do and I'm doing it and I'm worried I'm going to die before that happens. And when I think linearly, um, I'm very much like, cause that's thinking birth till death. And then that's the time that you have. 
But I started to really think about this idea of cyclical living when um, I read Kate Northam's book, Do Less, and it and it started to make me think about living with my cycle, right? So this is like my, around my third month now where I'm living basically in accordance with my menstrual cycle. And I found that, so I bleed on the new moon and I ovulate during um, the full moon. And I've, what I've found is that, and it's, we're still early on in this concept. So I'm still, I'm, I've managed to get comfortable enough with the idea of monthly cycles, right. Or weekly cycles. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm working on now is like this idea that like, there's more than enough time for everything that everything that has happened now, like everything is happening all at the same time. So it almost like quantum happening, which is like what, what happened two seconds ago is still happening. What's happening now is happening. And then the future is always happening and it's just constantly happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and that um, life cycle. So like, whereas you have, you know, I have my daily cycle, my monthly cycle, my weekly cycle. And then there's like my yearly cycle, which every March and October are very intense times for me. So March and October are the last five years since I lived, started living intentionally are always gigantic moments of either deep spiritual connection with source or um, massive trauma becomes uncovered. And I like, it, it's a huge growth moment. Um, I think where I struggle is that I still tend to default back to linear thinking because it's so, and so when I default back to linear thinking is actually often when I start to get back into the mean girl voice, because if I'm going to run out of time, I'm not doing it fast enough. I'm not doing it good enough or that kind of thing. So it's a, it's, this is where I kind of like, I, I have to remind myself to pull back, look at my charts, you know, kind of really work. It takes a little bit of work for me to re direct my attention to cyclical thinking. Um, but it's a work in progress. It's a challenge, but I'm finding that the more that I am, the more that I'm not in that space of rushing to get to the finish line, because there is no finish line, um, the, the happier I am in my each and every moment. And the more I look at my daily schedule as like, a, I have this list of things I need to do. You know, I, I can feel that anxiety start to build up. So it's a, I'm, um, you said something about the shaman right? Mm-hmm. About how these ideas, they come from so long ago. And what I feel I think has happened, and it's so sad that this has happened, that somewhere over the last, say, in the last three to 400 years, we became so secular and so disconnected and, and so almost like scientific to a fault where we assume without, like, just without any other consideration that science and magic and what I'm finding as I get older is that no, science and magic are the, they're just two sides of the same coin. But because so many of us grew up surrounded by skeptics who are like, oh, that's woo stuff is so stupid or, you know, whatever that kind of thing is. For many of us, we were being denied our way of connecting with the earth and our way of connecting. So I feel like I am relearning how to connect with the earth and with life and with source. Um, and that's both intimidating but also very exciting. Like, you know, where it's like, oh my God, how is it that I went 40 years? Like, and and it's also sad because when you realize the potential, I'm like, God, I, I feel like I lost so much time to not having this information. Um, but, you know, you, I got to let that part go because, you know, everybody learns things when they need to learn them. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, it is a journey. It's uh, talking about cycles and, and things like that. There's, you know, I like to think of it as whether it's 
so, you know, overall the collective that we've been evolving through different phases, you know, we had the phases where, where shamans were the spiritual leaders of communities where, you know, even witches, AKA wise women <laughs> were out there helping people with their health and, and helping people with their spirituality. And then, yep, you've got this, this polarization that happened with religion um, then science came along after that, that then polarized things further and kind of broke apart intuitive spirituality, which mm -hmm. was automatically connected. And, and now we're in these lifetimes. And again, whether it's, we're just connecting to our ancestors or the people that came before us, or we're literally re, you know, coming back to kind of heal these karmic challenges. You know, a lot of us are feeling that a lot, a lot of people. So, and especially women these days and, and, and people that are two spirit, you know, it's like coming in saying, Hey, I'm so much more than, than this body. I'm so much more than this personality. And, and there's so much more I came to offer and, and to help, but we're in this, again, the polarization is really interesting in this lifetime. So I pulled a few cards to help you specifically with this kind of linear thinking challenge. If you're willing Absolutely. to. Absolutely hear it. Okay, great. So, so cool enough, just, you know, you, you mentioned that, that shaman, the shamanic thinking, um, you have the staff card, which is all about being a spiritual mentor, being a spiritual, um, um, the mature one, like in your circle. And that's actually where you find your power when you are not that spiritually mature one. And that can share your wisdom freely and help others there is a sense of like, kind of who am I? Because it is a strong part of your identity. When you try to fit in with everybody else, that's when the weakness comes, the, the uncertainty about who you are, the, the confusion, and maybe even that linear thinking. So, so it's really reawakening in you. And you're coming out of a time of learning how to get grounded again in who you really are instead of kind of going for the shiny objects. And whether that be fame or success or some kind of you know, illusory thing, you realize if I'm not, if not, if I'm not cool with myself, if I'm not in my body, does it really, does any of that really matter? <laughs> mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about there? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. And so you're moving into a time of no, of learning how you can affect the flow with, with your intentions and your intuition and, and learning to pull your energy out of things that don't serve you. And so if there's anything in the coming year that, that you've, you know, you've been really working at a long time, or there's maybe relationships that you put a lot into that aren't giving back, really be looking at that and noticing like, how can I maybe shift my focus on that? So I'm, I'm giving, you know, at least, you know, if they're not giving as much as I'm giving, let, let me pull back basically and not overgive into that or not think too much into that, even if it's not straight up giving. So I don't know if any specific situations or relationships are coming to mind as you smile. <laughs> so I'm just going to tell you that the cards have been saying the same message to me for like, you know, seven, like at least a couple of weeks now. And I have been, I didn't, I was ignoring them because I didn't like the message it was giving me. And like, but only in the last three days have I really just been like, I, I hear you. I got it. I, I hear. And so I feel like when you said that, I was like, geez, like, <laughs> Literally, it doesn't matter whether I pull an oracle card, an animal spirit card, or a wisdom card. It doesn't matter. Every single card says has been telling me that same message. <laughs> yeah, you can't so, make yes. it up. Yep. All right. So I'm glad. I'm glad to to deliver that message one more time to really help you know that's that's for real. So that's going to be that final warning, maybe to say, all right, let's make some decisions around that. Um, the universe is like, listen. 
yeah, I listen. need you to hear the words that are coming out of my mouth right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and your current environment is, is a place to now have a vision of what's to come and to also detox some old habits, some old ways of thinking, some old ideas that don't serve you anymore. Um, and of course, a lot of people do visioning around the new year. But for you, it is about balance and about really um, having happiness in every area and not just one, not giving giving of so much of yourself in, in some areas that you can't enjoy. Maybe it's your own free time or your, your solitude or maybe time with friends. Um, it's time to stop pushing and start creating more, in, again, with your intuition and your visualization ability than, than the effort. Um, and, and living cyclically is probably, you just said that you're starting to do that. So that's a huge part. And I've got the moon card. <laughs> so, um, super, super wonderful way to start practicing that shamanic way along with the parts work that you're doing and changing the story, um, is essentially what you're doing. Um, and your inner child is the biggest obstacle here. So inner child work, um, based on whether it's, um, e being easily distracted, um, cause I get a card that, that tells me that your intention settings, uh, setting skills need a, just a little bit of work. And, and when I say that it's, it's taking action on what you set your intentions on instead mm -hmm. of the ideas all over the place. Yeah. And I, I'm like that too. And that's one way I'm like, boing, 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 boing. so I have to have a someday maybe folder that I put those ideas in and then say, but for now I'm working on this. <laughs> yeah. And like, is, this is absolutely because if it's a good idea, it'll still be a good idea in two, two months, three months, four months, you know, and if it's a bad idea, then good thing you didn't stop doing what you're doing right now for it. Exactly. And, and I think a key is if it continues to stay like a yes in your system, then it's your intuition saying you need to do this or your spirit mm -hmm. saying that if it, if a year down the line, you go, oh, that was a cool idea, whatever. It's usually, it was your mind <laughs> coming up, <laughs> like grabbing, like, woo, that sounds neat. That sounds fun. Um, but you know, really keeping an eye on your mission and, and what is you came here to do is going to be so much more fulfilling and also something you're meant to do. Um, the biggest challenge is, um, uncertainty, um, not being sure about what to expect and maybe some fears about the past and that whether it was bullying or, or the mean girl voice, uh, confidence is going to play into this a lot. And at, remember every time you step forward. I love how you've even shared your story. And this is coming up again, that it's, it's like the same lesson over and over again. And that's true of all of us. We have our main life lessons that we come to, to learn and we'll have these big aha moments and be like, that's, that's it. We're there. And then we realize we get back into a new challenge, like, oh, here it is again. And it just changes <laughs> form a little bit and shape. And that's how we become masters of that challenge by facing it in so many different ways. So do you, can you see how that's going to come up in the new year, that need for confidence and trusting yourself and being comfortable with that uncertainty? Absolutely. In fact, comfort with uncertainty is really, it's funny you should say that actually, because that's, that's where I think the most, that's where I, the most work I need to do is like getting, I'm starting it. I can feel it already happening where it's like, you can sit in discomfort as you're learning and you don't feel like a need to like, I have to, you know, like nobody wants to be in discomfort and often the rapid actions that we take as a result of being in an uncomfortable situation when you're learning something are the things you're doing just to not feel bad anymore, right? As opposed to I'm going through this journey here and I'm just, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to go as fast or as slow as I need to, but like it's the journey itself. It's not being on the other side that I, that's the important part. It's going through that. So absolutely. And I, I've, I've said this a lot is that 
I tend to have to learn the same lesson over and over again before it like really like is mm-hmm. like, ah, now I understand. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this is one of those big ones is letting go of, the, you know, letting go of the way I thought things were supposed to be mm-hmm. is actually like, that's like my biggest. And sometimes I still get caught up in that. Christmas, I got cut up in that. I was like, oh, is that supposed to be like this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. And it and it really is that old, um, the old grief, it comes up again. Like it wasn't supposed to be like that. It wasn't supposed to be like that. So maybe knowing that it's like, okay, well, my ego, my ego and its intellect, the way it likes to think about things is judging this as wrong instead of, you know, and then my spirit can't be present to what is. Or you be, you can be mm-hmm. present to that negative emotion for a little while. Like, okay, here it is. I got to process it and then say, okay, how is that then making me more present to what is now? And I think a lot of things that are happening for you right now are opportunities for you to speak your truth. And if you think about, I've got the crow card here. And if you think about a crow, how it'll sit on a fence and just caw, caw, caw. And like, it doesn't care who, who it pisses off. It doesn't care who it annoys. It just caws. And so that's where your strength is. And that's where your higher self comes in to speak. So um, you mentioned to me some speaking things that you're, you're going to be doing. I think that's great. You're a podcaster. That's wonderful as well. And the more you let yourself go free and wild with, with who you really are and kind of go into areas that make people uncomfortable, maybe, and really explore those areas and dig out the, the corners. I feel like there's a lot of opportunity coming your way. So, so say yes to those opportunities and make sure that you are not being stingy with kind of your authentic self and your authentic spirit in, in the way that you share it. That's going to be, that's actually super, this is going to be my supernova year. So, um, and I do, I, it's funny because you're, you're actually tapping into like my, um, my underlying, you know, my, my own core beliefs about being, like you said, being annoying or what you use the exact right words where it's like, you know what, I, this is a great visual. I'm going to hold on to it where I'm just gonna be like, I'm a crow I'm sitting and I'm cawing. Like, I don't care if I'm annoying. Oh, doesn't matter. <laughs> like I do what I do. That's what I say. And I'm going to fly away if you don't like me and I'll just do it over there. You can still hear me. <laughs> I love that visual. Cause I do. That's how that is how I feel. Mm-hmm. I love it. Beautiful. Well, best wishes on your journey. You've got a lot going on and, and yeah, it's just really about speaking your truth and not being worried about how that affects anybody. It's really no, just continuing to keep in mind who you are touching with what you are talking about and all the, the, the places that people don't, don't talk about very much, you know, those, Mm -hmm. those insecurities and those fears and those voices from the past. I mean, that's real stuff. I mean, we're all walking around with it in our heads and dealing with it in different ways, but you know, some people, a lot of us think everyone else has it together and we don't. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the case. So when we're, we make that safe space for people, then we make the world a safer and more beautiful and joyful place. (laughs) (laughs) That's that, that is actually like, that was actually where it all started. I, there was one person who shared all of their years ago and they would just, they had a blog and they would just share it. Like they were famous musician there turned out they were very problematic later on. So I don't really follow them anymore, but the idea that made me feel like, oh, I'm not, cause they were neurodivergent. They were also chronically ill. They were also mentally ill. And I was like, and I, I struggled with all those same things. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, I feel like I'm not alone. And I was like, oh my God, what if I could do this for somebody else? You know, what if one other, what if someone else is like, oh my God, Menace is a basket case, but 
I don't feel alone. And it's like, yeah, no, come join me. Join me in the rest of like, it's actually this, this whole look has been very carefully cultivated to be like, you know, we, like when you see me, you're going to smile because it's like, what? <laughs> or, you know, but also it's like, listen, if I can be successful in life, then be so outside of the norm, then embrace whatever your weird is, right? Because like, everybody's got their weird. Everybody thinks they're like, when we were younger, we thought we were weird because we were neurodivergent. We thought we were weird because we were intuitive. Like weird was the term. And for me, I'm really all about reclaiming that word because it's like, own your weird. Like yes, the re- own your the- weird. <laughs> own your weird because you're hiding it because someone else said it was weird. Well, who is that someone else? Like, right, going back to like, says who, right? So like you can change your story and say, well, I'm going to tell myself a story that I'm not weird and that my neurodivergence is my superpower, right? Well, it's like, it is my yes. superpower. The same things that make me weird are the reasons yeah. why people pay me a lot of money to work on their projects with them is because I have that thinking outside the box. I have the creativity. I have all that. So for anyone who is listening, whatever it is that you think sets you apart and makes you unmarketable or too hard to um, to, to accommodate or whatever, no, 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 no. That's what someone else is telling you. The actual story is that your power and your strength is coming from that place. Like that's your secret power right there. So latch onto it and like, and nourish it. Love it. Preach it, preach it. I love that. <laughs> So if people are interested in learning more about you, where can they find you? You can find me at Manessa.com. So uh, M-I-N-E-S-S-A.com. Everything you can, you find everything for me right there. Um, my podcast is there. You can, I, I really strongly recommend listening to the podcast, but Manessa.com will take you anywhere you want to go. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing your light. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Cool. Awesome. Guys, thanks for listening. We will catch you next time. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to hear more from our wise and wonderful guests, make sure you subscribe for daily interview content. And here's three ways I can help empower your wisdom for free. Number one, grab your copy of my Empower Your Life workbook. It will help you honor your inner voice, make way for new visions, and live with intention. Go to empoweredwisdomshow.com forward slash workbook to get your copy today. Two, If you're a woman with a well-established business or career and your intuition is nudging you to go in a more spiritual direction, we want to interview you on this show. Head to empoweredwisdomshow.com. Three, listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Empowered Wisdom Hour, for free teachings, guided meditation, and channeled wisdom to help you thrive. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and most major podcast platforms. At Empowered Wisdom Coaching, we help intuitive, spiritual, and high-achieving women who feel disempowered by self-doubt and relationship patterns realize their power and go for what they want without holding back. If you're ready to release doubt, fear, and disempowering relationships so you can follow your calling and your bliss the intuitive way, book a call to see how I can help. Go to mollymccartney.com forward slash chat.